0: To according to the scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Morris Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee, and I'm happy that you have decided to join our program for today. We have been studying a series of lessons from a book entitled, Why I Am a Member of the Church of Christ. We've been looking at several reasons as to why um, Those of us that are members choose to be members of this church. Um, We have chosen not to be a part of denominationalism, uh, not to be a part of anything that the world would offer necessarily, but to be a part of the church that is established by Christ. Today we are looking at reason number nine as to why we are members of this church, and it believes all the Bible, to be the inspired Word of God. I do believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, and I hope that you do too. We have been looking at uh, different aspects of this lesson. Uh, We have looked at reasons for believing the Bible, the credibility of the apostles, and the credibility of the other writers of the Scriptures. We have been looking most recently at prophecy, and we've looked at several different prophecies that have been fulfilled in Scripture. Uh, We've been looking mostly at Messianic prophecies, uh, that Christ is born of a virgin, that Christ was to be born in Bethlehem. Uh, We read in the Old Testament about the forerunner of Christ, that being John the Baptizer, also known as John the Baptist, Uh, we see him foretold in Old Testament Scripture, and we see that fulfilled in the New Testament. Last week, we looked at Christ's entry into Jerusalem, and we looked at Jesus' betrayal, and how it was also foretold in Scripture. Even the price of Jesus' betrayal, 30 pieces of silver, was foretold in in Scripture, that he would be scourged and mocked was foretold, and that he would suffer in silence as a lamb. All of this was foretold in Scripture. The parting of his garments was also foretold in Scripture. All of these are our Messianic prophecies, but they tell us of the will of God, they tell us that everything happened in God's time and as a part of God's plan. Every little detail in regard to Jesus' birth, his life, and his death on the cross, all of that was foretold in the Old Testament. And we see it revealed in the New Testament. That's very important for us. And so that's where we get to in our lesson for today. Uh, We're going to finish up chapter 9. And I would like to move into chapter 10 today. And then we'll uh, um, at least begin that chapter. But before we get into uh, the main portion of our lesson for today, let's bow as we always do in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've given to us for this day, for our time together, for the ability that we have to study your word together. And we pray, Father, that you would bless us in our studies, bless us in our understanding of your word, help us to do your will. We are thankful that we can be a part of the church that you have established, not a a church that is created by man, but the church that we know was promised through your son, was established by him through the work of the apostles. And we are thankful for all of their efforts as well. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to see your will for us in your word and help us to endeavor to do it always. We pray for those who who are lost in the world, those who are wondering, those who are unsure of their way. Help us to be a light to them. Help us to lead them to you. We are thankful for your son. We recognize the the commission that is given to the apostles, the commission that is given to us today, that we preach the word to the world. Help us to to do that to the best of our abilities. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to, to share your word with the world, to study it together. May we study it with open hearts and open minds, open to the things that you have revealed to us. Thank you again for Jesus. It is through him we pray. Amen. As we get into our our lesson for today, we move on from Messianic prophecy to something else that is found in Scripture. Something that I find interesting uh, from a scientific standpoint. I'm not a scientist. There's very little that I know from science. Uh, but there are some things that, that I do find interesting. Some things that we learn. From the Bible. One of the things that we learn. In regard to science. Is that the earth is round. That the earth is round. It was believed for a long period of time. That the world must be flat. And the Bible. Even speaks of the earth being round. Long before men ever found out. That it wasn't flat. In the book of Job chapter 26. Job chapter 26 and verse 7. Job 26 and verse 7. He stretches out the north over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. We see the the way that the world is, is placed in the atmosphere. In empty space, there's nothing that the world is hinged upon. And we see that. Whenever you look at videos or pictures from space, you see the earth without anything for it to be hinged upon. That's the way that the Lord created the world and created the earth that we live on. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22 Isaiah 40 and verse 22. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. God created the world. He created the earth that we live on round in a a circular shape. And the Bible speaks to that. In Isaiah chapter 40 verse 22, the Bible speaks of the circle of the earth. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. When you look at at the world from a distance, you see that it's, it's much like looking at the ground and looking at the bugs that are are crawling around on it. It stretches out the heavens. Like a curtain. They're stretched so far. That we can't even see. End to end. It spreads them out like a tent. To dwell in. Uh, whenever I think of a, a tent. You, know, you think of the, the, the way that we live today. As Christians. We do not expect that this world. Is going to be our home. Forever. But it is a temporary place for us to live in. And so the earth is like a temporary place in which we live in the same way. And whether that's exactly what's meant by that line, I don't know. But, but that's the way that, that I look at it and think of it from a Christian standpoint. But the Bible says that the earth was round that it was hung in the heavens, and and just the the description of the earth. We see these things to be so, just from recent years, from being able to go into space and and to look back upon uh, where we live and and what had been left behind by uh, the space shuttle or, or whatever vessel it might be in. Just those pictures and everything helps us to understand that this is the case. Something else that is prophesied in Scripture is the return, Jesus' return in the day and in the night. And this goes along with that circular shape of the earth. This is something that we only understand by understanding that the earth is round. Look with me for a moment to Luke 17. Let's look at verses 31 through 34. Luke 17 And beginning with verse 31. In that day, he who is is on the housetop and his goods are in the house. Let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. Jesus' return is spoken of in verse 31 as in the day. In that day... He who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. But in verse 34, it speaks of his return in the night. I tell you, in that night, there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. Speaking of the suddenness of Jesus' return and what's going to happen in his return. Now, notice here that Jesus' return is going to be in the day and in the night. Jesus' return is not going to be at different times. For different people. There is only one return. That is spoken of. And we know that Jesus will return. But he'll only return. One time. How can that one time. Be. In the day. And in the night. when We take into account. That the world is round. And not flat. We understand. As a matter of fact, um, I have an Apple Watch. And one of the things that I put up on my Apple Watch for a little while was uh, the Earth. And you can see where the sun is shining on the Earth. And you can see that change throughout the day. And it's pretty neat to be able to see that. Uh, But you notice that the sun is shining on one part of the Earth while it is dark. And another and that just continues. It it rotates. And so as it rotates, the sun is shining in one portion of the earth at, at one time. We have day at, at for a certain amount of time and, and we have night for a certain amount of time. And it's easy to see that some places where it is day and others it is night. Now if Jesus' return is going to be once and for all does it not make sense that it will be in the day for some and in the night for some? And Luke 17 bears reference to both situations. In that day, let him not go down to take his things away. And in the night, there will be two men in one bed, and one will be taken and the other left. This is only possible. By the earth being round. And yet people in the Bible times. The times that the Bible was written. They didn't understand this. They didn't understand that the earth was round. And so so it was for a very long time. That people did not understand that the earth was round. But the roundness of the earth is not only spoken of in the Old Testament. But it is also identified in the coming of the Lord. In his return in the new. The Bible must be inspired. Because no man can improve upon it. Many writings need to be revised. For various reasons. Uh, You think of, of books that we have read. And sometimes you may have abridged versions, you may have unabridged versions, but most of the time, after the first writing of a book, uh, you'll see a second printing, revised. Uh, The songbook that we use at Mars Hill, we use hymns for worship, revised, and at some point they've taken the original hymnal and revised it, improved upon it in some way. Writings of Man, need to be revised. Why? Because man often makes mistakes. Spelling errors, grammatical errors, what have you. Man makes mistakes. Uh, Good for instance, my wife is going back to school right now, and, and while she is, I'm her proofreader, and so I proofread her papers. Why? Because they often need to be revised. There are things that that I may catch that she didn't catch. Or again, just spelling and grammatical errors that need to be fixed. That's the way that man writes. That's because man is not perfect. Man is imperfect. And we understand that to be so. But the Bible, the Bible is the inspired word of God. And it must be inspired because no man has improved upon it beyond variations of language that, of course, have changed over years of time. Uh, We think of the the King James Version um, that is used and trusted by many and for very good reason. Um, When you look at the, the King James Version, there are a lot of words that I do not understand from the Old English that is used uh, from 1611. As a matter of fact, uh, I've recently been given a copy of the original 1611 manuscript, uh, a reprinting of it, Uh, but if you were to read it, you wouldn't even recognize it by today's English. Sometimes we have to improve upon the translation for understanding, but no one has taken the original Hebrew and Greek and improved upon what was already said. We have made an endeavor to uh, to interpret that. And to put it in language that others can understand. But no one has sought to revise the Bible. Because it does not need revision. Why does it not need revision? As other writings of man need revision... From time to time, why does the Bible not need to be revised? Because it's not written of man, but written of God, of the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Second Timothy 3 and verse 16. And because it is inspired of God, God guided the hands of the men who wrote the words He guided their thoughts and what he wanted them to say. And the Bible doesn't need to be improved upon. Even going back to what we were just discussing about the roundness of the earth. That didn't come from man. It came from God because man didn't understand it at the time of the writing of the Bible. But God did. And God guided the thoughts and the hands of the men. Who prepared the words for us so that we can have them before us today. The Bible, though it may need to be translated into different languages, and and over time, those languages change, and, and maybe some of the words that we use change. And so it needs to be revised in that way. The original text, the original words of the Bible, is not to be improved upon. It does not need to be improved upon. One of the things that, that Brother Brown also mentions here is the views of a cross-section of ministers. Many in the religious world disagree on various things that are taught in Scripture. All you have to do is look around and you see all the denominations that have been created uh, from the original church. Things that, that man sees a need for. Um, But but again, we don't want to be a part of something that is a copy of a copy, as I've mentioned before. But we want to be a part of something that is the original. And the original is the word, uh, is from the word of God. It's what is established in the word of God. Uh, Many in the religious world disagree on various things that are taught in scripture. But in believing the Bible to be our authority, we are united when we preach and practice only as the Bible instructs us. When we preach and practice only as the Bible instructs us. When we look at, at the teachings of man, we see that there are different ways of, of worshiping. There are different ways of uh, Uh, of even believing what is necessary to be saved. You have a lot of people that believe that that one can be saved by faith alone, and yet the Bible teaches that faith alone does not save. Even the demons believe and tremble, according to James chapter 2. But whenever we come together in an agreement of what the Word of God actually said, we understand what God's will for us actually is. When we understand what is said about the importance of obedience, and not just obedience, but, but obedience in baptism for the remission of sins, what does the Word of God say about being saved? How are we going to be saved? We are saved when we obey the Word. Peter told the the Jews in the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. He gives the way in which we are to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, We kind of have adopted as a formula from Matthew chapter uh, 28, in verses 18 through 20, where it says to preach the word, to go into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Being baptized in the name of Jesus is the very same as being baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Spirit, because they are all one. But Peter gives reference to the way in which we are to be baptized, and not only the way in which we are to be baptized, but in the way that we are, uh, for the reason that, for which we are to be baptized, the way in which we are to be baptized, and the reason for which we are baptized for the remission of sins. If you're baptized in any other way or for any other reason than for the remission of sins and other than than the name of Jesus, then you've not been baptized in the right way. And I would encourage you. To be baptized for the right reason, for the remission of sins. That is the reason, that is the way in which we are to be baptized, and we are to be baptized. Those that were added to the church were not added until after they had been obedient to the plan of salvation. And that doesn't change anywhere in the Bible. In Acts chapter 8, it is that we read about the eunuch. He was also baptized for the remission of his sins. Uh, we see that he was asked to confess his faith. He needed to confess his faith in Christ. Uh, whereas the Jews had, had uh, in some ways, if we really look at it, they had already confessed their faith when they asked the question, what must I, I do to be saved? They believed they needed to be baptized for the remission of their sins. And they needed to repent. The eunuch needed to confess his faith and be baptized for the remission of his sins, and he was. Um, Any other conversion that you look at through Scripture, uh, we see that of the Philippian jailer. He was taught that he needed to believe in order to be saved. And once he believed, he was taught what he needed to do. He needed to be baptized for the remission of his sins, and they went immediately and did so. Acts 16. Uh, There are so many others that we could look at, Cornelius, and that's chapter 10. uh, But all of these had to be baptized for the remission of sins. Now, when we understand what the Bible actually says about baptism, whenever we practice that, whenever we teach that, we are in unison. We are united in what we are teaching and what we are preaching and what we are practicing. We are united as the church of Christ. We cannot be united with those who do not believe and practice the same things that we believe and practice according to the scriptures. And so while many in the religious world disagree on various things, and we have different divisions that have been created by man because of man believing different things. The church of Christ believes the same thing, the same thing that the Bible has already taught, the same thing that the Bible has always taught, the same thing that the Bible will always teach. And When we believe the same things, when we practice the same things, we are together, united under Christ. He is the head of the church. We are members of the church. We are members of his body. And the only way to do that is by the word of God. I didn't have time to, to get into the next chapters. I thought we might, and that's okay. We had enough material here to cover today. And so I thank you for, for studying with me. And if you do have any questions, feel feel free to contact me. Uh, the best way is through our website. You can go to www.marshillcoc.org. Uh, you can call the church building, 615-203-3637. We'd love to hear from you. You can send us a letter, 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. Uh, But we would be glad to hear from you. And if you have any questions, any comments, then please feel free to contact us. Um, And I will leave you with that lesson today. And hopefully we'll be back together next week, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. As we study together another portion of God's word. Until we meet again, may God continue to bless you. (laughs) Oh <laughs>